I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, Hamble out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Oh! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the center square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's kicked the goal from inside the center Hello guys, welcome to the SC Playbook podcast for round seven of the AFL season, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name's Eddie, I'm up and about this week and to the two lads that have to deal with me over the course of this podcast, uh, Dylan Bolch, one of the super coach experts writing for SC Playbook as well as a host of other outlets as well. Dylan, how are you tracking today? Are you looking forward to having to talk me down uh, from the high horse that I'm on currently? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking forward to it, Eddie. Good to have you. And joining us back again, he's been a bit unwell the last couple of weeks, but it's great to have him back. Nico, coach of Lovsky FC, overall runner-up last year. Nico, how are you tracking? you feeling better? Yeah, much better. Thanks, Eddie. Hey, Dylan. Um, yeah, look, COVID knocked me out and then... Um, Managed to, to get something else while my, whilst my immunity was uh, was nowhere. So, yeah, I feel like I've been in bed for about a month out of the last sort of two months. So, glad to be out and about. And um, I'm actually quite surprised I've been invited back on, to be honest, the, the way I'm going. So, we'll talk a bit more about that in a minute, I'm sure. Well, if you could give Zach Butters some tips on how to get over illness because you're, you're radiating energy right now. So, if you could give some Butters something to, to get him through last week, that'd be great. <laughs> Um, he just can't deal with the knock, can he? No, no he really can't. He, he's just—he's too skinny. He's too small. Anyway, we'll get into it later. Um, Dylan, I want to find out how did you go over the weekend? You're, we were talking a lot about your team last week. I was giving you some stick about it. Um, how did you go over the weekend? Oh, I thought I thought okay, but I don't think I think it was a little bit the same. I, I scored like uh, it was two one seventy or something from memory. Um, wasn't great, wasn't terrible, um, but I, I'm lining up the trades now for a few weeks in advance and I'm ready to go bang, bang, bang. So the rank's still pretty ordinary, but hopefully it's uh, onwards and upwards. Very nice. Nico, how about you? It's been a while since we've checked in with you. How is Lovsky FC tracking? Yeah, pretty ordinary. Uh, got a 2 one, one, four, uh, on the weekend. So yeah, a couple of players on field that were subbed out and yeah, look, the rank's out at 31,500, so it's it's not pretty. Um, but, yeah, hopefully with some decent trading, I can, yeah, work my way back up. But it's a uh, it's a big mountain to climb at the minute. I can't believe I've held my tongue this long, boys. I scored 2429 on the weekend. That's huge. Uh, yeah, I finished 161st for the round uh, into 899 overall. Uh, I'm feeling a bit uh, queasy. I've got, got a bit of height sickness up here. It's... Uh, it's feeling good up the top um, now. Now I'm feeling really nervous, actually. To be honest, I've got to somehow maintain this. The uh, the attention is now firmly on the rest of this year. I can't blow this. It feels like a really good opportunity. I've got 29 trades to work with. Um, a fair bit of cash in the bank. Uh, things are feeling good. So I'm keen to to get your thoughts on where the team should go this week. Uh, you guys are better than most with uh, explaining things and, and pointing out where I should be. So it's good to have you on, um, Dylan. I want to get your primo hero and your primo villain out of you. It's a good place to vent the pod um, i'm assuming you've had a few villains to to go through judging by the ranks <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah primo hero uh, and primo villain for the week oh the hero's probably got to be clayton oliver i think he was everywhere on on anzac day eve um against the tigers so he he had his best game of the season scoring 168 and he sort of had a, a little bit of a lean start to the year wasn't quite scoring those Massive scores that we saw last year, so he's the he's the hero, um, and the villain I think is is um is Tuke Miller, who 
he's just like, he seems to be in a bit of a slump and I can't work out why. So that's frustrating. He did score 99, so it wasn't a total disaster. But for a guy that I played, uh, paid 650 grand for at the start of the year, that's uh, a little bit frustrating. Nico, you're a big Took fan. Um, is he your villain for the week as well or have you gone somewhere different? No, my villain was Petrarca, so I brought him in this week. So I wasn't very happy with his 87. So expecting a lot more against the Tigers traditionally goes really well against them and just everything sort of seemed like he was ready for a, a big game, but um, it went um, Oliver's way, uh, unfortunately, for, for my side. So, yeah, look, neither Oliver nor Mills uh, in Lovsky FC. So uh, Cripps um, holding on to him uh, and him delivering uh, 139 points and, and three goals. So... He's my hero for the week, so pretty glad that you know I didn't do anything rash and trade him out, and glad that he came back in and and just you know kicked off you know where he was. So good to see. Uh, you mentioned Callum Mills. Uh, he is my far and away my primo hero of the week. That was a yeah sort of a season changing trade, bringing him late in on Friday. Uh, it's the twenty third highest Supercoach score of all time on record. Uh, he's two hundred and fourteen. Uh, he basically played the fir- the perfect game, thirty odd possessions, a goal, lots of tackles, uh, really good disposal efficiency. So very very happy with him. Um, and the one let down again, we mentioned him a little bit earlier was Zach Butters. He gets a pass again just because we had that news come out that he was a little bit sick during the week. Uh, don't know what was going on with him, but he looked a little out of it and then got just belted in that in the first centre bounce of the game. He got smashed. So um, he will be hopefully better for the run. Um, we are going to discuss him a little bit later though because I do have some slight concerns about a few other rising stars in that port midfield. Um, well, your rookie hero and your rookie villain, Nico, um, was anyone standing out uh, for the, amongst the rookie class? Yeah, Will Brody just continues to deliver. So another 100 uh, from him. So, yeah, th- things are, um, you know, really, really good with, with him, like an outstanding pick at the start of the year. And the villain for me was um, was Jack Hayes. Obviously, nothing can be done about, you know, copying an injury and a, a season-ending injury or 12-month injury for him. So... Um, yeah, 16 points on field. I, at the time, you know, Roses was in and I didn't have a loop. So um, I put him on field, thought he was safe. But one of those things, what can you do? Yeah, very unlucky. And good to see that St Kilda have already offered him another contract for next year. So hopefully we'll get to see Jack Hayes. Might get him at a nice little discounted price as well. Um, and yeah, I, I think Ryder's probably on the way out. So we might see a bit of Hayes and Marshall tandem ruck duo next year, which is exciting. Uh, Dylan, what about you out of the rookie class? Who was your hero and your villain? Uh, the hero was probably Nick Martin, who sort of came onto the, the scene pretty late in the preseason, but he's gone from strength to strength. He um, he scored above 70 on every occasion and, and scored 95 um, yesterday. So he's the he's the hero for me. Um, Dare I say he's got a little Scott Pendlebury about him? Yeah, he's probably one of the only Essendon players that can hold their head high, isn't he, to stay ready? I wouldn't be surprised if he's winning our best and fairest, honestly. it's it's. I don't know whether that says more about him or the team, but he, he's been fantastic. I, I love watching him play as a Bombers fan. Yeah, yeah. And the villain, oh, maybe uh, Malcolm Roses. I put him in uh, Friday night before the St. Kilda game. I put him in, I traded Mitch Owens out. I thought, oh, how good's this? You know, I finally got a team that are all all playing, and then Roses pulls out with a calf injury a day later. Um, but I sort of held on to him. I didn't bother with the uh, the whole update trade thing, um, which is good because if I had done that, I probably would have put Kyle Loman in, and he's now out for six weeks with a um, an ankle injury. So blessing in disguise. Apparently, Roses will be back this week. But uh, yeah, it wasn't the uh, <laughs> the best trade in. Uh, Saturday morning when I saw that news. <laughs> um, I went similar. Nick Martin was my hero. Again, brilliant. Um, and Josh Rochelle was the villain. I, I thought I'd thought I'd pulled a, pulled a sneaky on everyone by having uh, Hayes on the bench and managed to put Rochelle on to cover him. But yeah, in reality, it only ended up getting me about 13, 14 points out of it. I was um, going to say, I, don't count your chickens before he plays because you were up and about. <laughs> I was very up and about. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, I don't really need. I'm sorry, boys. I really need to come down a peg or two. This is uh, this is not good. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you want to, we as we discussed, we uh, we talk a lot about a lot of these issues during the week. We talk about late injuries, late ins and outs. Um, it's all in our exclusive WhatsApp group with our SC Playbook subscribers. So if you're listening out there and you you like the sound of what you're hearing and you want to get involved with a bit of banter with the boys, um, sign up to SC Playbook for thirty dollars. It gets you our entire content library for the 2022 AFL season, as well as entry into that subscribers only WhatsApp. Or it's $40 for the full package covering AFL, NRL, BBL. 
gets you access to stacks of extra articles, that WhatsApp group where you can chat with us about everything. Um, but if you're not interested in that, don't worry. We've got a stack of free content to rummage through on the site as well. So visit scplaybook.com.au for stacks of expert content and follow our Insta, Facebook, and Twitter socials at scplaybookafl. Uh, now, boys, there's a lot to chat through from this weekend. Um, as usual, I've come up with a few big topics that are, that are bothering me and my team. Um, you guys have added to them a little bit as well. Um, I'm keen to chat through the uh, the bulk of these as we go. The first one is in sort of late breaking news. We had a couple hours ago. It seems like Brody Grundy, uh, the Collingwood Ruckman, is going to be out for the foreseeable future. They're sort of saying ten to twelve weeks. He's done a PCL. That seems like a, a standard sort of time frame for that injury. Uh, Mark Pittnett from Carlton has a similar one, and he will be out for that similar amount of time as well. So I think it's pretty simple. This one, Nico, what do you do with Brody Grundy? Oh, well, you have to trade him. Um, I think the guys who who have gone Grundy and who went and got Pruce as R3, I think they're the big winners here. So they can just trade Grundy down and, and pick up Hayes from Port. Um, pretty easy trade there. And they can just play Pruce at R2 and, and stick Hayes at R3. So um, good on you if, if you're one of them. Otherwise, the other options are, I mean, you're looking at Wits or Rob or, or maybe Laddams as a bit of a, a cash grab or something. But personally, I think I'll just... Trade him to Hayes and then upgrade my midfield or or try and maybe do two upgrades if I can, but just depending on how much money I get from it. So have you got Pruce at R3? I don't have Pruce, no. So okay. I'm, st- I'm still considering, yeah, either bringing him in um, as well as Hayes or if I just, yeah, continue to um, to fade Pruce, even yeah, he's already gone up 100K. Um, so, yeah, just something I'm still, you know, thinking about. So in the situation where you bring in Hayes, would you be going rolling with a Gorn and Hayes set up at R1 and R2 and then uh, yeah. sort of Dixon at R3? Yeah, exactly. Having Dixon and then Sherry as the, you know, as the, in case of emergency break glass, um, swing into the ruck line. Um, yeah, that's what I'm leaning towards. Yeah, Very interesting. What about you, Dylan? What are you going to do with Grundy? Yeah, probably the exact same as Nico, to be honest. I had, I had, I thought I'd outsmarted everyone fading Bruce and picking up Hayes next, well, this week now, but um, that hasn't worked out, which is frustrating. Um, but, yeah, Grundy has to go. I'm not really sold on any of those ruck options, so Wits, um, O'Brien. Tim English is one I'd probably really strongly look at, but he's he's out with a hammy at the moment. So I'll probably just go down to Hayes um, from Port, field him at R2 and, and boost a, you know, get a Jack Steele or someone or a Luke Parker to upgrade elsewhere. So you're not keen on the Proust downgrade either? Uh, probably not. Like he's up to 300-odd K now at the moment, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So you've lost, you've basically lost 90K. I think it's he's up to 293 or something. So you've lost, yeah, essentially 100K. Yeah, and I still feel like all the things we were talking about this time last week with his injury history and his suspension risk and whatnot, that's all still there. So I feel like I'd rather just pick this port bloke um, Sam Hayes and hope that his job security, which is super strong, hopefully that uh, hopefully he can match Bruce in some capacity. Dylan, can I tempt you with Peter Adams? He's gone 117 against West Coast into 164 against Hawthorne on the weekend. He's up at four. Uh, what is he? 461k break even of negative 13. Laddams, any interest? Nah, West Coast didn't have a ruckman, did they? They did, weren't they playing Bailey Williams in ruck and. Max Lynch hasn't played footy for a month, so no, I don't think I'll get sucked into Laddams yet. And I think, how how long is Tom Hickey out for, do we know? Yeah, probably another two or three until he's back. Yeah, yeah he's see, a quick so, healer as well. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll pass on Laddams. You've both been very dismissive of my boy Jared Witts. Um, I have to ask why. He's averaging 114. He's gone 154, 88, 143 in his last three. Dylan, you, you wrote him off immediately. What is it about it? Uh, I, I don't think he's a bad pick by any means. And he's, he was probably the right, like in hindsight, he's probably the best. He and um, Max Gorn to start with, that's probably the um, the two that you wanted to start with in hindsight. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, I just don't know that he's the clear front runner out of that batch. And I kind of want to make sure whoever I pick is the, is the number two come the end of the season with Gorn. So that's my He's 530K, sorry, Dylan, to cut you off. If you're picking him now, he's already gone up 150K. You're picking him for the whole season. I just don't know if he can sustain it, to be honest. But oh, coming off an ACL, I've said it all season. He hasn't averaged 100 you know, in his career before, and all of a sudden he's just 
completely spiking out of the blue. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I can see him just crashing a little bit. So might, that's why I'm not going It might there. just be worth – sorry, Nick. I've just brought up his scores here. So the big scores, he got 130 against West Coast in round one, 154 against Carlton in round four, and then 143 this week against Brisbane. Everything else has been less than 95. So it seems to be – he's very up and down. Um, they're not really the scores that I'm comfortable with if I'm forking out 530 grand for him. That's a very fair enough response. I, do, you, do both of you do you feel comfortable rolling with with Sam Hayes at R two? That that fit for, to me feels a lot more risky than rolling with Jared Witts. Um, Nico, that that that's going to hurt you for a while against against people that are rolling with a Gorn and Proust combo. Yeah, look, it could do, but I think his I think his floor is pretty like it's pretty decent. I think I think we, you're probably good for an eighty. Um, he's so tall. He's he's getting lots of hit outs um, to advantage. So. Look, I'll, I'll probably concede, you know, ten or twenty points on that line potentially to, to everyone else. But then, you know, I'm going to have that extra money that I'm going to be putting onto my field. Maybe you know, getting an Oliver this week and or someone else. So, yeah, look, it's just one of those things, mate. I've, I've missed the boat with Wits. Um, you've jumped on at the start of the year and turned out to be the right move. So, I'm not going to be, you know, paying an extra one fifty k for him. I want to throw a little spanner in the works for both of you. Um, I have it on reasonably good authority that Tristan Cherry is going to get a rest this week. Callum Coleman-Jones is going to come in to the north side. Um, does that change anything about your plans, Nico? <laughs> <laughs> he's, I can see for those, for those playing at home, he's gone straight to his laptop screen. Oh, <laughs> he's reversing trades as we speak. Uh, look, I'll probably just have to play Rosas on field or something. I think, look, if it is a rest... You know, he's pretty young. He probably needs it, and hopefully he just comes back a bit refreshed. Otherwise, I mean, do you try and trade him and, and use that, you know, extra money instead of trading someone like a Rochelle? Um, that extra 50K, you know, might might get you to someone half decent. So, yeah, look, I'm not 100% sure. Off the cuff, you know, maybe it is looking at Hay Sherry and, and Grundy out or something and, and seeing what you can do. But I'll do probably hold him, I think. What about for you? Does that cherry, does that little cherry nugget um, stimulate anything in your brain? Oh, <laughs> not really. It's probably a case of a look, put him on the bench for a week and just have another shit week. <laughs> <laughs> this is it's, where we're at. It seems, to be, it seems to be a really common theme. I did it. I did it a week ago with oh, someone else was out. I thought, ah, oh, stuff it. I'll just have a shit week, and it, it's, all, it's what happened every week. Um, it's snowballing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I felt yeah, like I had ward on my field for about three weeks when I sh- shouldn't have. But yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I fielded um, ward every week. <laughs> I benched him <laughs> the first time this round. Um, yeah, I'll probably just hold him. His break even's only thirty. As much as I don't think he's a great footballer, but he's scoring well enough still. So I'll probably hold him. Yeah, for the for the record, I'm I had a I've got Grundy and Wits at the moment, um, and I'm thinking of going Grundy down to Pruce. Um, but it's yeah, it doesn't feel good. It's not the optimal position to be in. This feels like a, a bit of a setback um, in the in the quest for an overall ranking. If you had that Grundy, if you had that Gorn Proust combo, uh, you're laughing. I'm I'm sort of tossing up the Grundy to Gorn swap. Um, it it really does feel, it frees up a lot of cash going to Grundy to Proust though. Uh, it feels really good. It gives you a lot of flexibility. Um, I think we've got we've gone through basically every possible permeation of that little uh, setup there. So we'll move on to our next topic, which is uh, the downgrades for this week. We've mentioned a couple of them already. Um, there's three sort of big names on the bubble going into this week. We've got Malcolm Rosas, who sort of pushed his bubble back by a week with that late calf injury. We've got Sam Hayes, who we've discussed. And we've got Ben Hobbs, uh, the Bombers' little young gun, pick eight in the draft. Um, Dylan, of those three, you're probably only going to be able to get two max. Who are the two preferable options out of those three boys? I think Hayes is absolutely a no-brainer, um, especially given Jack Hayes is now out. There's Grundy, obviously, so I think there's a, a fair... I can't see why you wouldn't put Hayes in. Um, I went early on, on Malcolm Rose's. I think he's probably... Supposedly, he'll come straight back in. Um, it was just calf soreness, but I sort of have him pigeonholed for like a 50 average from here on out. I don't think he'll go at 73, but um, I think I prefer him over a... Ben Hobbs tight, um, who doesn't seem to be scoring all that well anyway. But I did see Darcy Parrish was in a movie yep. today and might be out. So does Correct. that help? Does that help Hobbs? Maybe um, probably. Yep. Roses is also twenty five k cheaper. So yeah, I've gone. Well, I'm kind of 
I kind of want it to be Roses that's better out of the two, but <laughs> it may well be Hobbs. <laughs> Nico, what about you? It sounds like you're locked in on Sam Hayes as well. That means you probably can only choose one of Roses and Hobbs. Which of the two do you like better? Yeah, Hayes easily, clearly um, the number one pick there. I've got Roses as well. So I'm probably going to be leaning to actually picking up Greg Clark from West Coast early um, over Hobbs. I think just with that you know, inflated price and a couple of poor scores already running through his, his price cycle, I don't think we're going to get too much cash from Hobbs. Um, you know, hopefully there's a bit of a spike there with if Parrish misses, misses one or two. Um, hopefully it's not the syndesmosis and and Parrish is out for a, a while. That'll be devastating for, for Bombers fans, but fingers crossed on that one. But, yeah, I think I'd probably lean to to Clark um, because, you know, from all reports, he's dominating the waffle, getting huge tackle numbers, getting lots of the ball. So, um, And he was obviously a big sprue coming into um, preseason as well. So a bit of a risk. But, yeah, considering I've already got Rosas, um, it'd be Hayes, Rosas, 1-2, and then I'd probably lean to, to getting Clark over Hobbs. I'm going to push back on the Hobbs thing a little bit. Um, as you both have touched on, Darcy Parrish does look like he's going to be in some sort of uh, missing some sort of weeks, whether that's uh, syndesmosis or whether it's an ankle injury. Um, I was at the game yesterday. He was very, very sore on the sidelines um, before going down into the rooms. I don't know what he must have got a jab or something before coming back out. But yeah, didn't look comfortable, whatever it was. Um, I think Hobbs uh, in his previous game when Zach Merritt was out uh, looked Looked handy. He had 65, um, plenty of touches. He was playing a lot more small forward yesterday, which is obviously not an optimal role. I definitely wouldn't pick him if that was what we were, what I was signing up for was that small forward role. I think he had something like nine touches yesterday. Definitely didn't light the world on fire. Um, but he, yeah, I think with, we, if Parrish does go down, that will be the key for me for, for picking up Hobbs. If Parrish plays and he's fine this week, I think I'll probably miss him and grab Rosas. Um, but yeah, it's much of a muchness. Dylan, you like the look of, um, I've seen you spruiking a bit of Finn Callahan action from GWS. What can you tell me about him? Yeah, he so he's looked really good. Um, but the issue with, with Finn is his price. He's, uh, he's 198K, um, but he scored 76 uh, Friday night against the Saints. He's, he's really clean with the footy. Um, do we like him or do, do we consider him given the inflated price or, or do we just wait for, for Greg Clark, as, as Nico mentioned? I love Callahan. I'm, I'm all in on Callahan as a prospect. Uh, paying 200k for him, I don't know if I can do that. Uh, especially with with what's going on, that, that Giants engine room has always been impossible to read. We've got no idea what's going on in there. I think there's probably too much variability there. Nico, what do you reckon about Callahan? Yeah, uh, pass for me, gents. I think. I mean, you look at Horn Francis and, and Nick Dacos with the inflated, you know, prices. They haven't. They've gone up 100k each. Like it's it's not it's not easy to do. Um, to do like a, a big price jump from that starting point, it's much easier being a 117k uh, rookie. So yeah, I'd I'd lean to Clark. Is the word on the street that Clark's going to get a game this week? Yeah, I think already being confirmed. Um, yeah, I through media, but I think the coach came out and said he's a good chance. So maybe the coach is just sort of holding his cards a little bit close to his chest. But I think it's already come out that he's he's locked in the side. Well, that's an interesting one and one to keep an eye on. I think he he's definitely a lock even when he he does play because, yeah, as you said, Nico, those tackle numbers uh, seem to be off the charts. He's got a mature age body. West Coast are crying out for any sort of grunt in that midfield engine room. Whatever they've got going on is not working. Yeah, Yo's um, going to miss a week as well through concussion protocols, so spot's definitely there. So in terms of it sounds like a lot of people are going to have a lot of cash going along this week, whether it's downgrading uh, as we've discussed or whether it's moving the likes of a Grundy down to another ruck option. Um, I think the the line that's probably going to get the most action in terms of upgrades is probably also the forward line, given we've got the likes of Rochelle, Cherry. Um, we've got those boys who need getting rid of. Um, I've sent you guys through a few options in terms of upgrades. I've got the big players. I'm giving Isaac Heaney, Tim Taranto, Josh Dunkley, Jordan Goey. Adam Trelaw and Luke Parker. Dylan, can you rank those guys from one to three? Give me your top three out of those big dogs. Um, I think Josh Dunkley is a clear number one for me. Um, geez, after that, I really like Luke Parker as an upgrade. Um, he's 470-odd K, um, and he's, he's, he's got that history there. So I like Parker. Um, geez, after that, they've all sort of got their knocks. So Heaney... Like Heaney's forward time still frustrates me. Um, Taranto's prone to a 
to a crappy score given his, his ball use can be a little bit questionable at times. Dugowie, obviously, in the same boat as Heaney is in that he spends a lot of time forward. And Trelaw, similar to Taranto, has knocks on his on his ball use. So I think, for me, Dunkley's a clear number one. Um, I like Parker given the price tag, but after that, I think it's sort of just personal preference, whoever, whoever you like. Nico, are yeah, we missing I'm- anything out of there? No, I've gone very similar. So I think if you don't have Dunkley, I think that's a, a clear and easy pick uh, for you. Parker, I have rated as number two out of those options. Then I've got Heaney, JDK, and then Taranto and Trelaw just put on their disposal. Yep. Can I throw someone at you? Tom Liberatore, 535K. Um, he's gone 115, 83, 137 in his last three. He's got a 131 in round two as well. Um, ownership. He's basically owned by no one, less than 1% of teams. Uh, Dylan, is, is Tom Liberatore the one that should be on the radar or is there something about him that turns you off? Uh, I think he should definitely be on, on uh, people's radars. So he he got his forward eligibility this time last week. Um, but, you know, Beveridge has sort of put Marcus Montepelli forward the last couple of rounds. I think there's a... I'm really interested in, in Liber. I'll probably, uh, I'll probably wait and look at Parker initially instead, purely for the for the price reasons. But, yeah, I certainly think Liberatore should, should be um, in more teams than he is. Does the fact that you'd be owning basically him and Dunkley, Nico, two Bulldogs in there, is that something that, that turns you off a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. A lot of guys would have um, English as well, you know, in their forward line. So there's stuff to think about around your buy structures and that kind of thing. I just don't know if I can trust Bevo. I think, I mean, we, we saw with, with Macca, like he's just been thrown forward for – you know, for the second half of, of the last game for sort of no reason. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I can trust him and, and you know, the role that he's that he's giving his premium players. So I think I'll just stick with, with the guys I've already got, like Dunkley and, and, and McRae, and, yeah, maybe just avoid avoid the others for the time being. But I I do see the appeal, absolutely, with, with the forward status. But um, I don't know. probably just need to see something a little bit more concrete around role first, I think. He had, can I, he had the, Sorry, you go, the highest... Um, centre bounce attendance of any Bulldogs mid against uh, Adelaide. So 62% for Libba, um, Bailey Smith and Jack McRae in the 50s, Josh Dunkley, Bond and Trelaw in the 40s. So he sort of had that role, but prior to that, he hadn't had anything over 50. So it actually, in the last two weeks, he's had his highest uh, centre bounce attendance. But whether or not that's A, concrete enough for us or, or B, like going at last, how long, I think that's hard. To, yeah. How long does it last? Yeah. yeah. Can I interest you in one Taylor Walker? Priced at 493k. Um, he has started his first three games of the season with a 107, a 116, and a 103 against pretty reasonable opponents. Um, we all are quite aware of what he did last year. Started like a house on fire. Uh, was a brilliant cash grab and then sort of fell away at the end of the year. Uh, Nico, am I, am I wild for suggesting that or, or is that, that just too much for you, the Taylor? He's in 0.5% of teams at the moment, I think. Yeah, look, it's it's not wild. Obviously, he's he's come back in with you know with, with a bit of fire in the belly and uh, and, and playing some really, really good footy. Um, uh, once again, I'm not going to stump up 500K uh, for someone like that. I'll probably go... For someone who um you know who's going to flow through the middle or, or something like that, so you'll be able to to pick those types of players in that price range, um who are guaranteed more ball, not just relying on goals. So I tend to stay a little bit away from you know from the key forwards just based on on that point alone, um just because you know the inconsistency is there, um and I look no doubt we're going to be seeing a, a down game from him you know at some point in the next couple of weeks. Dylan, are any of these options? Have, have I missed anyone out of these guys? Is there anyone else that we need to we need to be keeping an eye on in terms of forward upgrades? Um, one just on on text quickly. So he's kicked twelve goals over these last three rounds, which is, is a pretty good return, I would have thought. Um, and he's still only averaging one hundred and eight. So I just don't know that it's sustainable. Um, so I don't have a lot of interest in text personally. But a name we haven't spoken about is Dustin Martin, who's back at Punt Road. Um, Probably a week or two away still, by all reports, but he's one that I don't know that I'd get on board straight away, but he's another guy worth considering. That is a fantastic call. I like it. Um, we'll move on. There's the other area that a lot of people are going to have a lot of cash and that feels like the uh, the right place to spend it is in the midfield. Um, we've got a couple of guys topping out. J- Jason Horn francis seems to have hit just about his max at 322K. 
Jared Berry um, is now sort of in the range where he is going to start not hitting his break-even. His break-even this week is 62. He's up at 382K. Um, we've got a couple other guys in there as well that uh, you could be throwing through. You could be going Josh Rochelle up as well. Um, so we've got up, we've got upgrade options in the midfield. The question is, who are we going to upgrade to? Um, Dylan, you have mentioned that you might be in the market for a mid this week. Who is tickling your fancy currently? Uh, I really want to try and get to Jack Steele. So he's not cheap. He's about 640 grand, I think. But it's at that point where he's pumping out those big scores. I, I, was, I almost started him. I was right on the uh, – I was tossing up he and, um, and Miller – Went with Miller, um, but I just feel like I've got to get steel ASAP, so I don't mind paying a little bit extra for him, especially given I'm, I feel like he's more likely to finish top six or eight than uh, some of the other guys mentioned. Cripps is a really interesting one. I don't have him, mm-hmm. but he's back and he's scoring really well. Do we think he's a must-have? Uh, I'm facing that very dilemma this week because, yeah, I, I, I've also trying to been, been trying to fade him. I've kind of been enjoying fading him. Um, but it's now reaching the point where I think you probably have to, yeah, it's it's pay up or shut up about him. He's 521K. Um, he came back on the weekend. I was kind of fingers crossing that he'd miss a game. He didn't. Um, he pumped out at 139. The, the thing that concerns me a little bit, I mean, nothing really concerns me at Crips at the moment. He's looking amazing. Um, but it's the, uh, yeah, the Crips, the, he's kicking goals, uh, which is, as we know, a, a fickle thing to rely on. Uh, Nico, have you got Crips? I think you were fading him from the start, weren't you? Um, yeah, I brought him in um, when he looked like, you know, he's just in Brownlow kind of contention. Um, had him for a week and then and then missed a week. But, um, yeah, obviously I held on to him and, and got his 139 on the weekend. Yeah, look, I think I think he's Uber. I think he's Uber premium. So um, he's showing it. Yes, he's kicking goals, but I, th- I think he's still going to score quite well even without that with, you know, getting his contested ball and, um, and, and using the ball pretty well around the ground. So, yeah, any sniff he's had of goal this season, he's just put it straight through. He's he's set shots. He looks like he's just really kicking sort of within himself and concentrating on his ball drop and everything's just going straight through. So, um, yeah, look, I, I just think he's he's in the upper echelon this season and he's going to be right up there in, in the Brownlow sort of market. At, you know, have a look at round six come Brownlow night. I reckon he'll be right up there. So he's currently the 35th highest priced mid player. So based on that reasoning, Nico, you're, you're basically paying for a, a super primo, a top 10 mid, um, but you're getting him at a 35th ranked price. So even though he's gone up in that price, I think, yeah, if, if that's if that's what your viewpoint is, that you think he's one of those top mids, now's the time to get him. Um, Dylan, is this the week that you pull the trigger or are you, are you going to stump up and get, are you going to go with Steel? Uh, I'm still really undecided, but... Sort of had to mess around with it before. If I get Steele, I'm sort of then in, in no man's land with my third um, third option. So Hayes will be one trade in. Um, I wanted to get Steele, but that third sort of option doesn't really leave me with anything too promising. So it might be a case of I go Crips this week, who is set to rise in value. Wait another week on Steele. Um, and so it might be like a Crips and a Parker type upgrade rather than a, a Steele and a, a couple of rookies. So... Yeah, I think if you're going to get Crips, you've, you've got to get on now. Nico, talk to me about Took. You've been driving the Took train since uh, the first podcast we ever came on. You were you were spruiking the hell out of him. Uh, what's yeah. going on with him? Yeah, I thought he was going to be the number one player in the game. Um, I don't think he's going to be far off. He's fallen off the tracks a, a little bit, um, probably more so like the last sort of two or three weeks. But I think just on the weekend, he just started a little bit poorly. He gave away like three or four free kicks early in the game, and it's it's quite hard to to sort of claw your way back um, from that. I think for some reason, the super coach scoring model it, it seems to be a little bit weighted at the start of the games, um, you know, more so than than junk time and that kind of stuff. So, um, look, I think I think he's turned a bit of a corner. Obviously, we know he didn't tackle for for the last sort of two weeks, but he's back out there tackling. Um, Again, this week, even though it was a bit poorly and he gave away a few free kicks, but he was, um, you know, he's doing what we what we want to see. Um, he kicked a goal on the weekend and, he, yeah, he did score a little bit of junk time points, but I think I think that was the turning point for him. And hopefully, well, not hopefully because I'm a Collingwood supporter, but hopefully he comes out and he, he plays really well, which I think he will, and I think he'll have a good game. He's gone down 100K in price. His break-even's 130. 
um, this might be the cheapest you get him, or this could this could be a continued decline for the next little while. Um, a couple other options in terms of the uh, the, the uh, high price mids: Sam Walsh, Clayton Oliver. We've spoken a little bit about him. Um, we haven't spoken about my boy Callum Mills, uh, who yeah, you're not going to get him at this price for quite a while. His break even, I think, is in the 60s. Um, Dylan, any of those other guys apart from Steele and, and Cripps that, that are going to be on your radar for an upgrade this week? Um, probably not, only because I've, I've got to prioritise the other two guys. But, yeah, they're certainly not bad options. Um, is Mills, obviously you're pretty big on, on Mills. Is he, do you think he's the real deal? Do you think he's top eight? Maybe Sonico rather than Eddie because Eddie, Eddie will probably say, yeah, he's, he's the man. He's top one. What are you talking about? Top eight? <laughs> top eight? He's top one, man. Well, look, a 214 or whatever it was helps, doesn't it? Let's, let's sure does. But, um, I think he is. I, I, yeah, I think he is there. Um, I just, I don't know. I think I'm leaning towards picking Oliver this week um, instead of him and sort of my buy structure sort of. Uh, is a little bit better um, that way, uh, and we know you know Oliver's going to deliver. Mills, who knows? You know the Achilles might flare up again or something. You know, knock on wood. But um, if he's fully fit, he's he's got the game to be top eight easily. Maybe yeah, probably top three. Maybe Eddie. There you go, Nico. I love it. Thank you. Um, he only actually, he actually only played eighty nine minutes on the weekend for that two fourteen. Just by the way, so it's two point nine minutes or percent like uh, eighty nine minutes. Yeah, uh, so, sorry, eighty nine percent. You're right. So yeah, yeah. I think he was going at two point four points per minute, um, whereas Clayton Oliver was going at one point six points per minute in his outing. So that should yeah just re hammer home how good that performance <laughs> was from Callum Mills. Just in case you guys needed any more reminding. Um, <laughs> moving on to our next topic, um, we uh, this is this is a quick one, but I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on it. Um, we got a little interesting midfield dynamic brewing over in Port Adelaide. Uh, we've got, obviously, Zach Butters is in a lot of teams, uh, most teams, I would say. He is he being usurped by Connor Rosie, his fellow 2019 draftee? Dylan, did you happen to watch? <laughs> would you happen to put yourself through that Port Adelaide West Coast game on the weekend? And what did you see out of Rosie and Butters? No, I absolutely did not. So I, I can't really <laughs> comment. Um, I, I think... What a crap. Like, I, to be honest, I, aside from Hayes, who's 120 grand, I have no interest in any of Port's players at all. Um, but as I started with, so he's frustrating, but you kind of hope he comes good. But yeah, Rosie, he did this, oh, I don't know if it was last year, if it was the year before, uh, or the year before, but he put like a month together where he was averaging 120 and everyone was like, oh, get on this bloke. And then he started churning out 40. So I don't, I'm not a, I'm not sold on, on Rosie. He had 73%. Uh, centre bounce attendances, which is prior to that, mm. 33 was his highest. So he certainly did get uh, more of a midfield role. But, like, was that because Butters was, was unwell? Like, who knows? I I've got, I wouldn't look at Rosie at all. Um, I kind of am hoping Butters comes good. But, yeah, stay away from Port yeah. would be my advice. I reckon it's probably sound advice. But, yeah, I reckon it was probably more of a one-off for Rosie. I've got him in drafts. So I was pretty happy with his score. Uh, on the weekend, but yeah, I think probably Butters having you know that knock early may have had something to do with it, and I don't know he he's done quite well um, given the opportunity there. So is that something that now you know they split um, the time with with Butters and Rosie, and that I guess that's the the worry, um, and hopefully that doesn't happen, and you know we'll get a, another one thirty um, you know from from Butters this week and. And then hopefully he'll you know string a few of those together so we sort of get our you know, get our money back because um, yeah, there's no point selling him now you've you know you've lost a bit of value um, you know in that starting pick price so I think you just have to ride the uh, ride the waves now with him. I mean, one fifty three that he scored on the weekend is uh, is no joke. That's a, that's a decent score. Um, he can definitely get the ball through the midfield, which is something that uh, I didn't know that he had in him. Um, I know we've obviously seen that he's a he's a smooth mover. He's got the uh, he's got the moves on the for, in the forward line, but I didn't didn't think he had that uh, that burst in him as well. Um, one thing I did want to note with uh, Rosie is that. He was actually, I mean, I don't want to call him the catalyst, but he was he was a big part of Port's turnaround against Carlton the week before. They threw him into the midfield at halftime um, and he went bananas in that second half and obviously Port uh, almost roared back to take that game. So I do wonder whether he's, I mean, he's, he's done everything he can to keep that spot. He's been brilliant last week and he was excellent the week before. So I'm a little bit worried about Butters, is, is I guess mm. what my point of this, this segment was. I'm a little bit worried about Butters. I'm obviously looked good when he's played well this year, but he it's been few and far between. Nico, you... What do you give his? Do we give his year a pass mark so far, or has it been a fail? 
No, it's it's probably been a fail, I think, as, as a starting pick. I mean, if you went Heaney or something instead of him, you, you, you're way better off, I reckon. Um, look, I, I agree. I, I think there are concerns there, but I don't think we'll do anything rash by you know trading him or, or trading Rosie in. I think they're both rash moves. We'll probably just need to have another look and um, and see what's going on um, you know, with, with their midfield dynamic before we make any calls. It does seem to be more that rather than him taking the Rose, uh, taking the Butters role, it seems more like he's taking the Travis Boak role with Boak going to, to more half forward. But yeah, we're going to have to wait and see. I I, <laughs> I agree with Dylan in that uh, Port is, is something you probably don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole. This year, there's a bit of a stink coming off them. Um, no, they might have turned a corner, perhaps. Sometimes you just need a confidence booster. I reckon my my old Amos team would beat West Coast at the moment. Yeah, I was um, going to say, I reckon us three could pull on the jumper. And Collingwood lost them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Collingwood lost them, true. Well, that's satisfying. Um, on to our last big topic, which is uh, part of a question that we received through our WhatsApp group. Um, and it's, yeah, something that is going to be a big story going forward in the next few weeks specifically, uh, buy planning. Uh, what should we be doing to get ready for the bars? I'm going to throw this straight to you, Nico, because uh, you this was when you started to make your move last year, I believe, was was through the bars. You made some good ground um, or you consolidated where you were. Um, you're shaking I your head consol- out. I consolidated my number one spot. <laughs> more, of a consol- more of a consolidation sort of section. So what did you do yeah. last year to prepare for the bars and, and what should people be we looking at this year to get ready? Yeah, so obviously looking purely at um, just at premium players alone and just making sure that you've got a decent spread across the buys, um, but more focused on having more guys than around 14 buys. So um, at the moment, I'm looking at having four premiums out for round 12, four out for round 13, and then five out for for round 14, which is probably going to turn to six this week with with the trades that I'm making. So um, probably even might be better to, to have a, a bit less missing in, in round 12. Um, if you've only got three missing in that, that That'd be great uh, as well. So I wouldn't be trading someone in now with that round 12 buy. I'd probably just wait for them to have their round 12 buy. And I'm talking to the guys like Steele um, here or um, or even if you're looking at someone like uh, a short or or even, you know, Crips um, as well. So um, I'd probably just wait until their buys now um, and then, you know, move on them, maybe using a trade boost or something come buy time to, to bring them in. For those playing along at home, is the reasoning that you want more in the later buy rounds, uh, want more premiums missing, is because you can then trade around them. Um, whereas if you if you have those, if you have five primos missing in in round twelve, you're less likely to be able to cover it in the meantime between round twelve and round fourteen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, if you got more missing in, in round fourteen, then obviously you've got more premiums playing in round twelve and thirteen, so you're going to be quite strong there, and then. I guess the point of the, you know, buy trading is to then bring in players off their buy. So then you're looking at round 13, bringing in the, the guys who have missed in round 12. So then you're upping, you know, a couple more premiums that way. You should have, you know, some more uh, rookies ready to cull um, at that time frame as well. So, um, yeah, and then I guess you're not going to be really trading the, the guys that you have in round 14. Um, but by bringing in the players from round 12 and 13, you should have a decent premium number to get you through that round 14 then once that's all done hopefully your team's almost finished dylan what are what are you putting in place to prepare for this year's buys uh i'll be completely honest not a lot like i that's something i sort of think about a few rounds out i'll give it a little bit of thought throughout the preseason but like at this point in time i just go the best the best players um that i think i should I need to get in one thing i, I did want to mention is trade boosts are they things that I know some people that I've spoken to have used two, three now. I still haven't used any. Is it something that you should be burning through them now whilst you're trying to upgrade or is it something that we should wait on for, for, for the buyers or after the buyers? Yeah, look, I, I'm, I've used one and I was pretty keen to use another one this week before the Grundy news came out. So I don't know if I will be or not. I don't think there's any issues using three of them during the buy period and um, and really just, you know, trying to get your team to that, you know, full premium um, side, you know, as quickly as you can. Um, and then hopefully having, you know, a decent run injury-free in the second half of the year. Um, we've seen with COVID, it, we've been quite lucky. I think it's sort of affected the, the non-Supercoach relevant players so far. Um, and that's probably going to turn. Um, but it is also 
quite heavily based out in the West as well. So maybe just avoiding those kind of players um, like Witherden or something like that might be a good strategy too. But yeah, I'm all for using um, using them. We've still got extra trades um, and you can use 12 trades if you want during the buy periods um, using your boost as well. Um, just coming back to that initial point you made, Nico, about potentially avoiding um, players with the round 12 buy, um, it's Carlton, Essendon, GWS, Port Adelaide, Richmond and St Kilda with that buy. So we're talking the likes of, yeah, Walsh, Cripps, Zach Merritt, Jordan Ridley, Josh Kelly, Lucky Whitfield, Steve McNeilio, Dustin Martin, who we touched on a little bit earlier, Jack Steele, Rowan Marshall, those sort of guys mm. you maybe want to avoid. Um, again, this is definitely one of those things where it comes down to personal preference. Dylan, I'm definitely more on your side. I wouldn't I wouldn't disrupt my, my planning and my structure to plan too heavily for the buyers. Uh, but if it, if it is a 50-50 call between two players, um, I think you are. Yeah, Nico, you're absolutely right. You probably want to avoid those guys with the round 12 buy. Um, boys, that does us for the big, big topics for this week. Um, now, if you guys like a punt out there, check out topsport.com.au, home of the best same-game multi in the business where the odds actually add up. Um, every week we preview a few top sport markets. Uh, use the code SC Playbook if you're linking up your account so they know we sent you. Helps out the podcast, uh, helps us keep this thing going, which we love doing. 18 plus only, gamble responsibly. Uh, boys, every week we get a market or two from you guys, a multi or whatever you want to put on. Uh, we've been keeping track of the results so far this season. It's fair to say they haven't been uh, exactly lighting the world on fire. Nico, you haven't missed a heap since you've been gone. Um, I know Charlie went the uh, went the big lift last week with a $29 multi um, to the surprise of nobody. It uh, did not come off. Um, Dylan, how did you go last week and what are we looking for this week? Uh, great question. I have no... I've forgotten what I put on last week, but it was conservative. Um, you had the Lions, Port, Long and the Dogs at $2.70. So the Dogs let oh, you the down. Oh, the Doggies. Anyway. So, <laughs> so the Dogs is, let me down. <laughs> <laughs> that is zero units for you last yeah, week. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm, um, what are we going for this week? Well, similar tactic, so could be the wrong wrong move, but I'm going Richmond to beat West Coast, um, yep. Melbourne to beat Hawthorne, I think we'll get smashed, and Carlton to beat North. So hopefully, well, do we hope it gets up or do we hope Hawthorne wins? I'd, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I think I've just what, gone the same. Uh, that is paying $2.19, yeah. Beautiful. All right, we've got that locked in. Um, I think we do hope Hawthorne lose, uh, <laughs> indeed. Nico, what about you? Yeah, look, you guys have, have crapped all over the power, but I'm going to take him at the line. Uh, I'm going to go plus 8.5 against the Saints. Uh, who knows, Ryder might uh, – not Ryder, um, Marshall might miss. Um, I don't know. I just St Kilda, this time of year, they're always going to win the flag and then they drop off. So, I don't know. Maybe power's turned the corner, so I'm going to go with them. Uh, Geelong, uh, also to cover the line against Frio. I know Frio are going well. The line's minus 16 and a half. I just think it's a different ball game uh, down there at, uh, at Geelong. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go Carlton win at $1.21 against North, and that's $3.45 for the treble. Beautiful. Love it. Um, very good. You're not worried by the uh, Frio's very good record at GMHBA? They seem to always go close there. Yeah, I don't know. I just... Nah. Geelong's in form. The the two forwards are, are dominating. Um, I'll I'll go with them to to put them away comfortably. I think. Very nice. I am going with uh, the GWS Giants. Uh, two dollars twenty five to beat the Crows. Um, I think these teams should be even money. Um, I think the Crows have been good. They've been lucky in a couple of close games. I think their record is probably flattering them a little bit. Uh, they've had probably three coin toss wins in the last couple of weeks. So I'm going to GWS straight up. $2.25 to beat the Crows at the Crowville. Um, and we will keep track of these throughout the year. Uh, it hasn't been our best outings so far, but uh, that means we're due, right, boys? Correct. Um, <laughs> now, what uh, we've got the, last, the last big topic for this week is uh, our plans, what we're going to do for this week. We have discussed these quite heavily, so I'm going to throw to you, Dylan, in terms of what are you thinking in for, for, for vice captain and captains? First off, uh, where are you leaning for those? Yeah, so vice-captain will be gone against Hawthorne. I think, well, we saw Laddams went bananas. And I'd like to think Gorn is <laughs> of a higher calibre um, than Laddams, but Gorn, in his last <laughs> three games against Hawthorne, last year was 172 and 2020 was 185. So and that, was against, that was against McAvoy, who 
is no slouch. Um, so hopefully he can go massive again. Um, and then captain, I'll go with McRae. He was a little bit down last week, but um, his last three against Essendon has been 154, 122, and 137. And across his career, he's averaged 120 against them. So if for whatever reason Gorn doesn't work, I'm pretty happy back in McRae. I think you've just uh, you've just swayed my uh, my Gorn decision. Uh, deal with that with that stat. I think I probably I couldn't in good conscience go with Bruce, knowing that uh, Gorney's going up against a, a pretty horrendous Hawthorne ruck outfit. So that might have helped me out there. Thank you. That's why I knew I got you guys on this pod for a reason. Uh, Nico, what about you this week? Are there any vice captain or captain options that uh, that Dylan hasn't touched on there? Uh, he, he, look, he's covered it really well. Uh, I've got either Gorn or Clayton Oliver um, as vice captain. I think they're both good shouts. And Cripps or McRae as captain options. I'm uh, just a little bit worried about Bevo again. Like, yeah, we don't want to hit another 90 captain. Um, so, yeah, look, maybe Cripps is, is the way to go. I am worried, and I haven't. I, I wish I'd wish I'd thought about this earlier, so I could have done some research on it. But I, I get this nasty feeling that when Lockie Hunt is out, uh, Bevo really likes to throw McRae around and put him on that wing and put him at half forward. Uh, so I think the Lockie Hunter yeah. missing piece is is quite big for McRae's game. So. That also worries me. Um, I'm having a look in terms of vice-captains and captains. Uh, I like the look of Jack Steele against Port Adelaide um, on Saturday night. Could be a nice look at as a vice or a captain. Um, and then, yeah, my boy Millsy on uh, Sunday against Brisbane. I don't think, I don't think I'm going to chase the score again. I might have to miss him. Uh, if Gorney comes in, I think that, that's the lot for a vice-captain. You've made a very good case there, Dylan. What about uh, in terms of trades? We have discussed these heavily um, in the... So, for posterity's sake, Dylan, what what are you currently? What are your trades currently as we stand on this uh, this Tuesday Arvo leading into round seven? Um, a combination of Grundy, Jack Hayes, and uh, Rochelle out, and Sam Hayes in one of uh, Steele and Cripps, and then just the best available uh, with the remaining cash, which is probably Luke Parker. Very nice. What about you, Nico? Yeah, look, I was all set in my three trades, um, you know, before the news today. So um, I was going to trade out McCartan, Horn, Francis, and Hayes for Oliver Clark and and the other Hayes. Um, now that Grundy is a trade out, so Grundy and, and Hayes are, are definitely out. Whether or not I also trade a Paddy or hold in front of the week, I just don't have any other cover because um, I've brought in Skinner for some silly reason. <laughs> um, so yeah, look. I'm a bit up in the air, to be honest, mate. Look, it's it's definitely Grundy and, and Hayes out from the Saints. Um, I'll probably bring in an Oliver uh, and Hayes, and then I'll just see if I can maybe do another trade as well. But I might not have enough money left over for it to be worth it, unfortunately. I really want to bring in Paddy Cripps this week, but I, I'm going to be 20K short of being able to afford Cripps and Gorn. Uh, so it might have to be a Heaney type in the forward line um, to couple with uh, yeah to couple with Gorn coming in for Grundy, um, and then yeah also the uh, the Hayes to Hayes trade seems like it is a must do this week. Yeah, just that uh, that Gorn piece is gonna is gonna haunt me this week. We're gonna have to do some serious thinking about that. Um, now, boys, the uh, the SC Playbook podcast is brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial, and car loans. So whether you're a local or living interstate and looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the lowest rate for your refinance, give them a call on 9521-1611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. Now, lads, uh, every Sunday night or every Monday in this case, we put up a listener post on the socials asking for any questions that are coming through uh, that people are dealing with with their super coach teams. We've got a couple of really good ones to get to tonight. Normally, I'd assign um, one to each of you, but I like these questions so much, I just gave them to both of you and uh, we're going to hear some opposing viewpoints, hopefully. So Andrew McMaster wants to know, should we be saving trades now to go crazy at buy time or just use them up? I've been using them and feel like it might bite me at some point. Nico, you are pretty firmly on the uh, the use your trades train, I'm guessing. Yeah, look, I am. As long as you're improving your team and you're not just going sideways, sideways, sideways. So I think that's a really important point. Um, I've got 27 trades at the moment um, before you know my moves this week. So I think... I'll be pretty happy to sort of go hard up until the buys, but I need to leave myself with, you know, eight or 10 maybe coming out of the buys or something like that. So, um, yeah, look, if you've gone, you know, a bit crazy, then maybe you just, you know, hold off hold off a little bit just to make sure you've got, you know, some, you know, for the no doubt injuries that are going to come 
in the second half of the year. Um, you know, I ran out of trades last year with a couple of rounds to go, and it's you definitely need to have one or two towards the end because um, I think it was um, Stewart who missed sort of the last couple of weeks and it really cost me, you know, um, playing a rookie, you know, in his place. So, yeah, just make sure you got a couple up your sleeve for the last couple of rounds. That's a great point, actually, about the uh, the saving trades post buyers. Do you think do you think eight is enough to get you through from sort of round fifteen to round twenty three, or, or would you like so one a week? Is that a, is that a nice little golden rule to sort of have with you at all times, or do you need more than that? It, it's hard to tell because um, you obviously don't know who's going to get injured or, or what's going to happen, or um, if there's going to be any sort of other COVID outs or that kind of thing. But I think. You know, with the close contacts getting, you know, a bit loosened and all that kind of stuff, maybe maybe that's going to be enough. Have try and aim for one, um, you know, around for the second half of the year. What about you, Dylan? How many trades have you got left at the moment and, and how, are you, how many are you looking to carry in post-buyers? So I've got 30 left prior to trades this week. Um, so it'll be down to 28, <laughs> maybe 27. Um, in the past, I've always held trades and the issue with that is in terms of overall ranking you're sort of trying to make up too much ground um but the flip side of that is if you're playing for head-to-head matchups it's often been the case where i'm then in a prelim final and i've got two trades to use on getting rid of a Stewart and a jack zebel type who are ruled out with injury whereas my opponent's stuck with two rookies that are scoring 50 so i, I guess from that perspective you sort of got to work out what you want to trying to achieve from the season. And now you should have a pretty decent idea of whether you're going to try and target cash leagues or if you're going to push for overall rankings. I think, though, at the end of the day, Nico's point of making sure it's not a sideways trade is sort of the what I um, what I would say to that as well. Flipping from a, you know, a sideways trade is going to come back to bite you at the end of the year. But if you're actually using those trades to upgrade your team, I think that's a, a pretty, uh, well, that's good, yeah. Yeah, I think Nico. One thing you you said early early doors, I think it was preseason that stuck with me was yeah, your trades need to be worth one hundred and fifty grand basically. Um, unless you're upgrading, obviously the cash is not an issue if you're getting a premium in. But if you're looking to downgrade or sideways, uh, it has to, you have to be confident you're going to make one hundred and fifty grand out of your trade. And I think that's a really good rule to stick by. Um, if you got any caveats to that, or is that that's still sort of the rule that's that's carrying you through? No, it's still the rule, mate. I mean, look, if I was in your position, Eddie, um, you know, in the top one thousand, I'd probably keep playing an aggressive game um use your trades I, I mean you look at people who have won it recently they um you know they get to the front and they hold on kind of thing so um the chases as you know eddie said that sometimes they've just got too big a mountain to climb so getting out there early being a front runner in this game is um you know it has been proven successful um i managed to hold on to second you know doing that even though i ran out of trades so yeah be aggressive if you're uh, if you're in the hunt I've got 190 points to make up on the top 100, so that's my that's my next goal. I've made it into the top thousand. I've got 190 to make up. So yeah, I think you're right. Um, it, it does depend a lot on the context, but yeah, if you're looking to chase overall rankings, you, you probably do need to to go aggressive. Otherwise, you're just losing points every week on on teams that have the guns. Whereas you're stuck with you know playing a Josh Ward, for example, is is going to kill you going forward. Um, our last question has come through from Tim. Uh, he wants to know who you would upgrade out of Jared Berry or Jason Horde Francis. And would you go to Took or Oliver? Dylan, I'm going to throw to you first. Barry or Jason Horn Francis? Who would you upgrade first? Um, maybe or, on the answer to the second half of that question, Miller or Oliver? Definitely Oliver. I think there's still too many questions, uh, question marks around in Miller. In terms of who you trade out, Barry seems to be really reliable for an 80. Um, I think... What did we say in the, in the group chat the other day? Like every score has been yeah. between 76 and 85 or something to that effect. Um, he's gone this year already in six games. He's gone 76, 83, 76, 84. So that's four, four of his six games have been between 76 and 84, which is uh, pretty crazy levels of consistency. Yeah, so I don't think – I think Barry will probably peak at about 420 grand. So that's only a 30 or 40 Increase on what he's currently at now. Horn Francis will probably drop this week whilst that uh, 39 is still in his cycle. But after that, he's probably got 50 or 60K to to make up if he keeps scoring at 75. So really, it's a, a toss of the coin. I think if, if Barry's extra 60K that he's worth at the moment gets you to whoever it may be that you want to upgrade to, um, I'd, prob- like I'd, I'd probably axe him. But yeah, both will probably go in the next three weeks. 
um, points on field is, is important for me here. So um, I'd be holding on to Berry, um, you know, keeping his um, his high floor uh, on my field and, and getting rid of Horn Francis, who's shown that he could have a poor game and, and hit a 30 or a 40. Um, he might be due a rest as well, being a, a younger player. Um, even though Berry's playing on one shoulder, I'd, I'd still um, back him in to, um, to, to play um, more games um, and, and score better. So, yeah, hold Berry for me and easily Oliver over Took at the moment. Interesting, Nico. Interesting. Oliver ahead of Took, eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> that couldn't have felt good to spit out. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, is what uh, it is. I'm bringing, I'm bringing in Oliver this week, so let's all jump on. Yeah, well, thanks for your time today, boys. Uh, excellent podcast as always. Uh, lots of information in there. And, um, yeah, you've helped me out a lot with uh, with my decisions to make this week. So thank you for that. Um, thanks again. We'll, we'll chat to you this time next week. Great chatting. Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 